one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. One of the things that is the most delicious to me when something is raw and primitive and executed in elegant, precise lines. And that's what I've been trying to do all my life. <laughs> what do you think frightens you? Well, imprecision, probably. I, I want to, I want everything as precise as possible. I want organization. I want control. Everybody wants control. And I recognize that it's kind of a useless pursuit. But while I'm here, I am going to be as controlled or control everything about me as, as, as much as I can. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF podcast. Men's Fashion Month has just concluded, but you wouldn't know it by looking around the lockdown cities of Paris and London and Milan, where designers would have normally been showing their collections to the wider industry. This month, they were all relegated to showing their collections virtually again. But one of my favorite things about Fashion Month has been to eavesdrop on the conversation between our editor-at-large, Tim Blanks, and the designer, Rick Owens. So we thought maybe we could share a little bit of one of those conversations with you because Tim's been going about reviewing collections as normal and interviewing designers via Zoom. Today we have a very special conversation between Tim and the designer Rick Owens who always has the most fascinating perspectives to share on everything that's happening in the world. So here's Tim Blanks and Rick Owens inside fashion. I meant to be Zooming from such a, a much more picturesque place, but this is the only place I could get internet. I'm in a rectory. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, so you're we're not doing a... the show from a rectory. Really? Where about where? Where I thought you were doing the show in um, Lido. In, in the Lido. Yeah. So I'm doing it at the Tempio Votivo, which is at the. Uh, main dock of Lido. So when you're when you're you're getting the Vaporetto from Venice to Lido, this temple is the main monument at this dock. And uh, you know the, the whole COVID and, and having to negotiate um, 
doing shows during this period, it's given it's been this great exercise in how do we reduce and how do we do something that's modest, um, that's kind of respectful of the moment. And, you know, we're, we're not making all these people travel all over the world to come to to come see us. So um, it's mainly our team from Concordia, the factory. Um, and it's like the five of us who, who create the collections, like every collection. And um, they're here from the, they're, they're with me from the inception, but now they're here for the resolution. They're here working backstage on the show itself, which we've never, which they've never done before. And then some of these people have been with me 18 years. And so for us to be able to uh, nurture and develop the collection to this point together, we've never fully done that before. And so it's been this amazing, kind. Of, it's been this great bonding exercise because we're all playing together in a new way. Um, and, you know, they're two hours away. So they just drive the collection here and we do, it's like, you know, putting up a play in our backyard and um, not having an audience turns it into this different, it's kind of a personal ritual um, because there is no audience here. We're just kind of doing it for ourselves. And we send these models out to march around a monument <laughs> and kind of in front of nobody and um and with with you know fog and loud music it's it's the funniest thing it's um uh and it's 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 lovely it's it's this uh um it, it's it's turned out to be this this uh lovely experience but you know, the last show in in, in the Lido, the, the women's show that you did, it was the same thing. The models marched out, there was smoke, there was loud music playing in the piazza. And it was one of it was one of everyone's favorite shows of the season. So it was the same, same kind of setup in a way. Well, the important thing, the reason why I think it felt good was because it was defiant. We were going to do the best that we could under adverse um, circumstances. We were going to um, we were going to fight back. We were not going to um, sit back and be complacent. We were going to do our very best under tricky circumstances. And I think that is the message that that is one of the best messages I've ever. Um, encountered, and and I want to be the kind. I want to. I want to be the. I want to give voice to that energy. Um, there were, you know, a couple. There were a couple of seasons where I was kind of um, gloomy, and uh, I wasn't as um, galvanized, I guess, but. Um, but now I'm, I'm more than ever after all of this time, I'm more determined. I mean, if, 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 uh, if things are bad, you've just got to, you've just got to step it up. Well, now we've had a year of this and it looks like it's going to go on for a while longer. And I just always think back to that conversation we had where you said, do you think this is the one? And I said, no, I don't think so. And now of course the stand is on television. Stephen King's the stand is on television and the new version of it. And, um, and that was, that is the one in that, in that, in that movie. But um, you know, it's a year later and now those temporary adjustments that people made have sort of settled in as a kind of permanent response. People have, adjusted their lives to cope with this new set of circumstances. Are you finding it? Have you, are you do you feel you're now in the sort of groove of this that, that now, um, you know, that's almost like there are, there will be no more surprises. This is what it is now. And, and, and so you're doing, you, you're doing what you, you, you're doing what you're doing without an audience I mean, how how has everything changed in every way for you? Well, I don't. I, I'm not. I don't participate or circulate in the world as much as as a lot of people do. So, I'm. It, 
I don't mean to. Um, I, I'm kind of still, it, my life is not that different. I, I have a pretty reserved life that's very, uh, you know, I live pretty much in an Italian village and um, it's it's a lot different from an urban environment where this kind of impact is just a lot more dramatic. Um, so in, in my little corner of the world, um, there's been change, but it's it's been quiet change. Um, and um, I like the idea of, of working um, within small boundaries. Um, I like the idea of doing the best with what you've got. And um, uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying that I've enjoyed it. That wouldn't be very respectful, but um, it hasn't been painful. And there's been a side, there's been a side to me that thought, well, um, something, some kind of global um, discomfort was bound to happen. It's been a long time uh, since, since, there's been a war, there's been, I mean, we're, we're, we've been, we've lived very um, privileged lives. And if there is a little hardship, so be it. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's about time, kind of. So, um, um, but, but going back to the Tempio, what I didn't say about the Tempio is, is that um, it, is, it is a war monument and it's an ossuary. So, so they has it, is that the right way to say it? Ostwood, yeah. where yeah. they have the, um, um, and I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know it was actually an ossuary until yesterday. And, and I was going, going, oh no wonder they wouldn't give us a permits to to do to do a show inside. I totally get it now. Uh, anyway, I only wanted the outside anyway because it's it's the outside. Whenever when at the end of a night when I when you take the Vaporetto from Venice back to Lido at the end of a night, I. That is when I see that the lights on this monument from across the water, that's like, oh, I'm almost home. It's this, it's this um, familiar um, part of my life. Um, and it's a very comforting one. And just, it's very linear and kind of art deco. And um, it's kind of my ideal palace. Like if, if I was going to have a palace. Um, so it's very, it's very personally significant for me. So being able to do these shows where um, in the casino, where the place that I walk past every day on the way to the beach and this monument that like signals me almost getting home. Um, it's, it's been, it's been the loveliest thing. And then being able to share it with our team who, you know, it really kind of is our backyard. Um, that has been very fulfilling. The collection itself, um, when I looked at it this, when I was looking at the headlines um, on the news this morning and, you know, it was all about um, how, what do we feel now? We feel joy, um, like, you know, optimism and um, the happiness um, about inaugural news. And I was thinking, wow, maybe this collection is just going to hit the wrong note now because this no, this collection was conceived during a very dark period, and um, and you know we're we're entering an optimistic period now, and maybe this is just um, maybe this just isn't the moment. But but even though there is all of this hopeful news, I can't, and I'm an optimist. I just am. I mean, I seem like a pessimist, um, but there's a drive in me to do, you know, that there, there's a, I'm not, a, I'm not a nihilist. I, there's a drive in me to, even though things could be, um, seem insurmountable, the, you, you're put on this earth to do the best with what you've got. So it just, just make it work. Um, so 
even though there's that optimism in me, I, there's also a brooder. I also brood. And there's, it's an optimistic moment politically, but there's that, that darkness inside of me thinking that is just horrified that it was so close, that it was so close. How could that possibly be? Why wasn't it an overwhelming landslide? How could it be so close? And, and that's, that darkness is still there and that anger is still there. Um, and that's, and so it's kind of an angry collection. <laughs> I was just going to say, you, you, you say you're an optimist. You, 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 you talk about the ossuary and I can't think of anybody else who could put a sort of domestic glass on an ossuary. There's my, there's, there's the lights to guide oh. me. <laughs> there's home. There are the lights to guide me home. What war is the ossuary from? What first or second? I, I think it's the first. Even though it looks like it was built in the 30s, um, I think it was built earlier. But I, you know, I, sh I should have researched that a little bit more. I should have, I should have um, respected it a little bit more to, to give it, uh, to give it a little bit more spec. But um, we'll have to Google. I mean, I did Google, but I just didn't retain it. I can't retain everything. <laughs> There's a, I, I, my, my brain's a sieve. But I blame. I oh, blame. Bullshit! The you retain everything. I blame the pandemic. My brain's a sieve. <laughs> um, uh, it's true though that this collection, um, reading your notes, is it. It feels particularly intense. I know. I mean, I'm picking <laughs> out the words horror, um, male conservatism careening off rails, um, unhinged, barbaric. Um, suppressed rage uh, i mean it it it's it's interesting because you haven't you don't usually um, i don't no you don't usually go there so uh i mean i'm endlessly intrigued and also the, the idea of gethsemane of course the the garden where christ was betrayed i mean consummate symbol of betrayal you know we may come back to reflect on this at some point and say rick was onto something um, well, I, I don't think it's prescient. I think it's just an observation over over what's happened. It's just not, it's just observational. And um, uh, like I said, I mean, reading the room, maybe it's it's just um, just frustration that just I should have shut up about. But and that doesn't mean anything to anybody moving forward. But um, but there is that there there is that darkness in me. Like, how could that have been so close? Why? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. still there. It's still yeah. there. Oh yeah. And, so, and you know, above and beyond what has been happening um, in America over the last few four years, and what everybody is so glad was seemed to have been addressed and and um, and kind of revoked yesterday. There is still the climate crisis, which which is the backdrop for everything that's happening and which is much more of a fundamental threat to the human species than anything that the human species is capable of doing to itself almost. So I guess it just doesn't feel immediate enough yet, but it, it will. <laughs> so we'll get to that when we get to that. But getting to the collection, I mean, we can, we can start with, um, uh, an optimistic moment, which is the Ramones, um, your love of the Ramones, which uh, is a sort of foundation stone here, isn't it? Partly, it's it's part it's it, but it's also another example of doing the best with what you've got, and and also uh, within limited means. They they have they use their, the music is very minimal, very precise. Everything about them is so precise, which is so funny because there's they're so um, they appear uh, they appear to represent rebellious chaos, but as a matter, but actually everything that they do is so precise and calculated and rehearsed, and not in a bad way. But I mean, it's it's um, very organized. I mean, their look, the music, the music is very consistent and very simple. And, and elegant, just elegant in its simplicity and consistency and purity, kind of. 
Um, but it's great because the execution is so raw and primitive. And it, that that is one of my most delicious, the, one of the things that is the most delicious to me, when something is raw and primitive and executed in elegant, precise lines. Um, and that's what I've been trying to do all my life. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I don't know if the, the, the Ramones was mainly about that, the Converse collaboration. Um, and I loved the, the poetic circle that we closed um, after they agreed to um, their grafting my crude version um, my, of my inspiration from them. They are grafting that onto the originals. And I love that circle. Um, how, you know, 18 years ago or whatever, whenever I first started doing my sneakers that were kind of exaggerated cartoons um, similar to theirs. Um, after all of this time, we're able to kind of, we're, 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 we're doing a clash, a smash up. Is that what it's called? Like when you, a mashup. A mashup. A mashup. <laughs> yeah. Mash yeah. Yeah. Um, well, starting was with, with you know, I can't even say the word. Gethemony. Gethemony. We just call it Geth. Yeah, Geth. Geth. Yeah. A very hard word to say. Um, we we can sort of tie that into your your spiritual evolution over the past few decades if you think every show has a sort of as a trigger a kind of spirit trigger um why uh that particular one at this moment i mean it is a garden um which is interesting it is which represents growth and rebirth i suppose um, but like I said, it also is a place where Jesus was betrayed and where he, but where he awaited his betrayal, knowing it was coming. Knowing it was coming and, and, and preparing himself. And um, a lot of, a lot of descriptions are, of it are that he's agonizing, that it's, 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 there's agony involved, which I don't, I'm not prescribed, I'm not, I'm not into that part of it. I'm, I'm thinking that, that it was a retreat, knowing that there was um, a difficult resolution ahead and preparing oneself. Um, and um, uh, yeah, preparing oneself. It, it was really about that, like uh, collecting, collecting yourself and being getting ready and, and preparing yourself to meet um, some kind of resolution as best you could. And were you finding a parallel with your own situation in that? I was I was feeling that I, I don't I feel um, they're not that personal my my motivations i'm thinking about what what we're all feeling I, i'm thinking about if, if i'm feeling this a lot of people are feeling or like most of us are because um you know we're all unique and very special but we're all also very common we all share a lot and we're all sharing this uh this, this situation um, and I was just sorting out my own feelings, and, and it, it, it's a it's a moment of suspense. It's a moment of um, uh, well, it was a moment of suspense. I mean, it, it, there a decision, one decision has been made, but it's still suspenseful. Suspenseful. I mean, relating to climate change and just relating to um, to the dark forces that almost were. Um, so, um, and then, you know, we're waiting for this health crisis to find some kind of resolution. Um, so it just was a very suspenseful period. And, and I think that's what Gethsemane meant 
to me, like that suspense before something um, happens. I also think you love King of Kings, don't you? That's one of your favorite movies. And I, you know, I've never actually read the Bible. I mean, I've just read passages, um, but I respect it as um, some kind of manual that people that somebody put together is supposed to be representational or um, um, allegorical, or but it's a manual on human behavior and, and how to negotiate life, and it can be seen as a helpful manual for people to. Um, kind of refer to to see how uh, how it, it could be organized, your life could be organized, or you can be taken very literally, of course, and, and create holy wars. Um, uh, but it, it kind of represents the history of the world and the history of humanity and the history of human behavior and the history of human urges. And, the, um, and, it, and it's, it's very, it's, it's sophisticated in, in the sense that it wants to create order, um, but it's also incredibly primitive, talking mm -hmm. about the basis of human urges. And, um, but ultimately, it's about trying to untangle the mess and, and, and find order in it and find the most positive resolution. Um, so, I mean, I'm not religious at all, and I'm not, I don't do yoga, I don't do meditate or anything. I mean, I take naps. That's my, that's my meditation. Um, but I just, I, you know, I'm kind of fascinated by it, just as, as like this ancient, um, primitive, primal manual of life. Yes, uh, survival, survival manual. Yeah, it is, it is. It's, it's, and also, referring to it, whenever I refer to it, whenever you bring it up, it puts whatever I'm doing into a different context. It, it, it's, it isn't um, about red carpets. It isn't about celebrities. It isn't about um, collaborations. It's about the history of the world. It, it puts it in. It puts it in a bigger scale. It puts it in um, human urges. It, it puts it in that kind of context as opposed to what is this season's trend in fashion. It, it takes it even out of fashion. But when you, I mentioned King of Kings, which was DeMille, wasn't it? It was Cecil B. DeMille, a silent, yeah. And Gethsemane is in King of Kings, is it? Uh, yeah, and actually there's a scene, the, the crucifixion um, sequence is just, it really is still kind of moving. It is so, um, the, the effects, and it's just so, um, uh, it's really intense. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm, th I'm thinking that, that that you know you there's there's quite a lot of hoods in this collection. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm thinking about the influence of those films on your not the Bible but the those Bible derived films. You, on know, your, you know what those hoods are? Those hoods are about modesty too. I mean, I like the biblical part of part of them because they they suggest some kind of monastic restraint. But it's also about practicality. It's about modesty because I hate umbrellas. I hate walking down the street because I'm just at the, like my height is just at that level where they're always coming really close to my eyes, you know, with people with umbrellas. And people with umbrellas, that sense of entitlement of taking up all of that space when you could wear a hood. A hood is like the, the most modest, polite thing to do it's like it's it's just self-contained you are not getting in anybody's way and it does the job but an umbrella it's just like because you have to protect every inch of your body from i blame mary poppins <laughs> <laughs> but then but then this notion of protection and withdrawal which is in in the collection as well which does tie into these times that you know people have withdrawn to protect themselves so, you know, regardless of how uh, you're worried about the collection feeling out of sync after what happened yesterday in Washington, um, it, it still does tie into what a lot of people have in their, in their heads right now. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that has expanded in the, in, in the collection. Yeah. I, I... Yeah, let's see. 
I, I, it was no question. <laughs> well, you've done these. You've done these um, leather bodysuits, right? Which are underneath everything. What what does that? It sounds a bit like Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. But how exactly does that translate into the into the horror? Is is have you ever seen the Black Cat? Um, yes, the Val the Val Luton movie. Val, I, I, is that the director? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, with Bella Lugosi and um, who's the other one? Bella Lugosi it's and not Vincent Price isn't in it. It was he in a remake or something? Bella Lugosi and the other horror guy, Lon Chaney. No, uh, more a little earlier than that. Bella Lugosi and well, anyway, it, it, it is the basis of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like basically they, they the car breaks down, newlyweds. There is like a castle on the hill, which is this modernist night like Art Deco uh, place owned by an architect, and in his basement he has all of his past wives, um, and he oh, and he's also a satanic priest and holds satanic rituals in his 1920s. Um, modernist villa and then at the end they escape and the villa explodes so it is the blueprint for the Rocky Horror Picture Show and, um, and I, I know that I mentioned to you one time that like um, when I saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was 13 or something I um, during that party sequence you know there's all the motorcycles going to the going to the house and then all of a sudden there's that party sequence and frankenfurter comes down in that outfit and everything and uh, like that was a very a moment of awakening for me because i was thinking i want to go to the world where that and go to that i wanted to go to that world where, where that party is i wanted that's the party that i want to go to and then um you know recent, fairly recently I'm, I'm at my runway show and I'm looking at like the kids and everything. Um, and I'm going, oh my God, I did that party. I made <laughs> <laughs> I created that party. And I I am the Frankenfurter, the Dr. Frankenfurter that I wanted to be. Um, oh, there's a claim to fame. <laughs> the Frankenfurter of fashion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's fine with me. I'm good. I'm good with that. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. 
They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Uh, but I went off on a tangent. We were talking on something else. No, I was saying the body, the leather bodysuits. And I, then I mentioned Frankenfurter and, and this notion of protection and also building, you know, building from the body, like really having this, this core core strength i think it started also with with those hooded uh, those those bombers that, like have a zipper that go that enclose the hood completely and that that have gloves built into them that feel kind of very restrictive and yeah there's obvious um snm overtones i'm not an snm person and i i mean i'm not that fascinated with snm but i but just the idea of that kind of restraint that kind of why somebody needs to feel um, um, suffocated um, a little bit, mm. like why somebody why somebody needs that, um, and but in in in, in this day in, in in the context of what the world has been going through. Um, it, it, it made sense. We're covering ourselves up. We're protecting ourselves. We're afraid. Um, we're withdrawing. We are, um, it's fear. Um, and S and M is, is, is based on fears, not just the, not, not the literal fear of getting hurt, but, um, but needing to needing to be hurt to confront some kind of fear. Um, did that make sense? Or was that well, just- yeah, because also surrender is a, is a big part of S and M, and in a curious way, trust. You know, because you you're going to be suffocated, but you trust you're not going to die from the suffocation, and yeah, I, but, you know, that whole right. thing of the the safe, the safe word and everything. You know that that it, it's. Well, SNM was all about dealing with threat. It was it was taking on your captor's role um, to to fear them less, maybe uh, becoming becoming your oppressor, um, taking control of that oppression, uh, and and that's part of what these clothes are. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess that's the essence of SNM anyway. I mean, becoming feeling uh that you are in control of your oppressor um and i mean fashion is all about armor um all about uh it's all about protection anyway so yeah this was just a little bit literal i guess controlling someone controlling someone by indulging their urges Mm -hmm. is a fairly kind of convoluted way of looking at that, you know, that, that, that sort of that degree of manipulation. Um, it's, it's a, I guess we could go quite deeply into that, but probably better to um, uh, not in this context. Um, I, I'm, I suppose the notion of the male, I mentioned male conservatism careering off the rail, careening, 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 and one of my favorite words, careening off the rails, probably was maybe more germane to the circumstance that existed a little while ago. Well, maybe not so, but... It was, but that's that's my thing. It's not gone. No, I know. I was just going to say, is, is this, does this somehow... Um, is this somehow in the back of your mind when you when you think about men... That you know, we, we, 
Yeah. I, I don't, uh, you know, my, my men's runway shows are always about men's flaws and, and men's worst urges because they're autobiographical. I mean, when I, when I'm thinking about men, I'm thinking about my own experience and, and my own experience is very critical. And I'm always very conscious of my worst urges and where they're coming from. And a lot of it, and, you know, just doing what I do and just having gotten where I've gotten, um, there's, there's a sense of horror always. There is a sense of horror because, um, you know, I'm promoting kindness and tolerance and, 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 and deep kindness. I, I believe in that so much. But um, to do what I do, it takes a certain amount of aggression. I have to work myself up to force myself to get things done. And it takes... Um, it takes a certain amount of aggression to have an idea and go out and promote it and insist that people recognize it and insist that people recognize the value of my ideas. And, and it kind of horrifies it. Where is that coming from? Is it coming from really a, a generous spirit? Do I really believe that this is a contribution that's good for the world or is it about my ego? Um, and of course, it has to be about my ego. That's part of it. And that's just one of those necessary evils in life, that ego. But how, how much free reign do I give it? Um, <laughs> well, you know, fashion is one big therapy session on, on, on one level. It is. And I'm trying to be very honest about mine. Um, so men's collections are usually very critical of men's urges because they're me examining my own and um kind of it, it, it's it's probably you know I, I i would probably veer more towards criticism than adulation when i'm talking about myself so it's automatically going to go to criticism um and i'm going to indulge it and um <laughs> and sometimes even celebrate it a little. I'm like, you know, I just kind of step back and kind of laugh and go, oh my fuck, I am a monster. Uh, and but you gotta be. You kind of have to be uh, sometimes. So, so it, does this does this knowledge come with the wisdom? Does this self-knowledge come with the wisdom of age? Um do you I don't know. Does he, no? I th because I thought, you know, I was I was I was I was positive that I was going to be more um, evolved than I am. I, I, I'm still, and, and, you know, I'm going to be 60 and I, and I'm, I'm shocked sometimes at um, how my, I, I can't have the control over my emotions. I thought, I thought I would by now. I can't, I can't, um, I, um, don't have the patience that I think I should have developed and ha had control over by now. There's no reason for impatience, but, but it's there. And when, why? I know better. I know better than this. How do I allow myself to get flustered and be impatient? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of horrified. <laughs> what frightens you? What what makes me impatient, or what frightens what, frighten, what frightens you? What frightens me? Yeah, because I think impatience. You know, there's that sense of urgency that you it's at the, that's at the bottom of impatience. You know, the the sense that something has to be done because if it's not done, something bad will happen. You know, I mean, what what do you think frightens you? Well, imprecision, probably. I, I want to, I want everything as precise as possible. I want organization. I want control. Everybody wants control. Everybody wants control, and and I recognize that. And um, and I recognize that it's kind of a useless pursuit. But while I'm here, I am going to be as controlled or control everything about me as as, as much as I can and control it. It into uh, and this is where we come into utopias because I feel like I'm trying to control everything around me in the best possible way. That's what utopian leaders always feel, and they enforce it, and then they enforce it some more, and then the force gets stronger, and then it corrupts, and it just it turns into a mess. And I mean, this is the history of the world. Um, 
So, and, 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 you know, you, you, you collect acolytes who believe in you and, um, and enough people gather together where there is bickering and, 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 um, jostling jostling for proximity to the leader and jostling so like things begin with the best intentions and they they devolve devolve was that a word devolve definitely devolution right Right. um so um and then my other fear i suppose is hurting people um because I, I, you know, I, I need to be forceful to, to get, you know, because I have these deep urges. I have this deep urge to speak and to be listened to. And I recognize that it's kind of futile and it's kind of, it's a little silly. But I mean, that's what one does. Um, and I've had enough encouragement that I feel, okay, people are interested in, in hearing what I have to say. So I, I'm going to try and say it as precisely and as um, um, as, yeah, as precisely as possible. I'm trying to do, I'm going to try and do my best. So I have that sense of urgency, but I mean, that's all of us experience this in one way or another. We all yeah, I, have that kind of sense of urgency. Well, it kind of comes with the passage of time as well. I mean, I, I've never felt this year really did make me aware of the fact that I have way less time left than I've already lived. And I literally, I had not thought about that before. I was just this aging Pollyanna, you know, who just just thought the sun would come up every day and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, Suddenly, it's just been this really strange. I mean, my fears are, they're not like, my fears are like being buried alive and have things that kind of horror movie things. I mean, um, but this year has made, I think it's made everyone ref- way more reflective about, about um, the way they live. I mean, and the way they'll eventually die, I guess. So, do you think that's going to stick or is it going to be like the 1920s and prohibition and, and, and release and, and more increased hedonism as if that is possible? Yeah, yeah. but then that, that, that consciousness careened into uh, fascism. So um, I, I feel this century, I feel the 21st century is going to kind of, you can, you can, you can kind of tab the way stations to the 20th century. You can, you can kind of find, you can find correlatives as, as this century, you know, we're 21, look at what was happening in 20, in 1921. You can feel this sense of history repeating. Um, yeah. Maybe we will have a roaring twenties and maybe it will end up just like the other one did. Um, I think it's, I don't know how much impact it'll have on me. I'll probably, I'll be very old and gray by that point, but. But yeah, we've seen these cycles before, and it's a little bit, uh, a little bit depressing. Um, and that's but, there's that kind. Of, that's my suppressed anger. Do you do you find your work? Um, do you find your work fulfills you? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. Uh, um, it's it's surpassed my dreams. I mean, all of us want to be heard, and I've been heard, and I mean that's been really great, and I'm really grateful for that. And I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. I feel yeah, because I feel that if if you look at if if you look at your work, um, it's like somebody learning a language. Your 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 work, you know, over the over the last the years that I've been absorbed in it, um, the decades, it, it's it's really like a new language and that somebody is learning to speak and becoming more and more proficient and then teaching it to other people. So 
I've been so lucky that I've had the time to develop it. A lot of people ha haven't had the time. They don't get the time. They don't get the luxury of that time. They're assassinated before they can before they can uh, develop it completely. But I'm, th you know, I'm thinking that that if you look at the history of fashion, the designers that people revere, um, or the history of clothing design, if you go back to Travis Banton, or or um, but, but I'm thinking more of people like Balenciaga or Azadine or people who develop their own language that is kind of the word is sui generis you know mm -hmm. i was talking to jonathan anderson about this that that it's you can only judge them in their own terms it's it's amazing it's kind of like a pure auteur theory of fashion was that a question <laughs> no that was a statement that was a statement My life is, it was a beautiful statement <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking what that that um you know how how you now with this incredible change in circumstances how you assess how, how how do you gauge your own success with with what you're doing with what you do survival i guess but i've survived long enough that i've like totally won I mean, if I get hit by a car tomorrow, I just, I, I won. I totally won. I mean, I got, I got, um, I was listened to more than I ever thought I would be listened to. And that's a huge thing. Um, and I feel like I've done it as honorably as I could. I feel like it's been, um, uh, I, I feel like it's been an honorable expression um imperfect of course i mean i mean the motivations were honorable i, mean, I don't know how it came, came out but um i kind you know i feel like i kind of did the best i could and, and it, it went over fairly well and i that's the best you can ask for um you you mentioned contradiction with the, with this in this collection um you're actually barbaric contradictory um terms um that's something that that i i think that's that's kind of the grandeur in in your work that there's there is always a kind of barbarism um which reminds me of those you know silent movies you love so much when there's huge pagan rituals and um even though they're technically about christianity there you can see that they're all much more into the pagan ritual than they are into the worship of christ but which ties into gethsemane a little bit um do you think that there is a sort of fundamental contradiction in what you're doing do you, do you feel that you're working towards a resolution for yourself that there's a sort of fundamental question that you're trying to answer no, like, I, I don't i think i'm just examining all of the questions that we've just posed to ourselves but i think you know, there, there is no answer. Um, um, for all of our sophistication um, and technological advances, I mean, there are still huge flaws in everything that we do. And um, that's not really going to change. We're never going to find that kind of perfection. Um, so we just do the best with what we've got while we're here. And, and, it, and it's that simple. I mean, we, we're, we are every, we're all going to die. We haven't, we haven't found the secret of immortality. So, um, and that's, that's the basic human flaw. <laughs> um, and that's what everybody is struggling against some more desperately than others. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if I've reached any kind of resolution there either, because I am definitely feeling aged. I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm conscious of that in, in, um, more, I guess. Um, um, what yeah. do you think? I'm not, I'm not really struggling. Um, I, I, you know, it is what it is. And um, I'm not... For, I'm not looking for a higher higher meaning, really. But the, when you look at the the people who have guided you, um, and they were very uh, 
rich and resonant crowd of sort of inspirations. What do you what can what what can you take from what can you take from them? Um, the 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 architects and artists and filmmakers and musicians that have have inspired you. What's the what's your what's the line, the, the lineage? Um, transcendence. Oh. They, um, they were not restricted by human and uh, physical laws. I think. Um, That's good. The music is starting. The music is by um, Ghost Main, and um, and it's this. It's a very hostile, aggressive soundtrack. And when when my sound guys were working on it, um, one of called so upset. Like you cannot use this music. This this with what's going on in Washington. This was you know two weeks ago. Um, it, with, with, with what's happening, do you, have you listened to the lyrics of this music? You cannot play use this music. And I said, you know, you know, I've listened to it. I mean, it hadn't occurred to me really. Um, uh, but then when I listened to it again, because I kind of forgot that I'd chosen that music and that we were working on it. And I was going, oh, yeah, this is really. Um, but then I thought, yeah, but this is exactly what's happening right now. And I think. I think we. I think it makes even more sense, um, and it's very much about suppressed anger, um, and there's suppressed anger on both sides. Um, one of one of the things that, one of the things that made everything disturbing about politics in the past couple of years, what made it even more disturbing, was how um, anti-Trump. Um, when I would speak with friends, they would get on an anti-Trump rant that would become so vicious and so strident that it disturbed me um, because it was as strident and as vicious as the supporters themselves. Um, and that's why, like, at the end of these notes, I, I'm talking about the suppressed, the suppressed rage on on both sides of the moral divide. I mean, it's it's the anti-Trumps were just as scary as the pro-Trumps. Um, yeah, but they were fueled by fueled by utter frustration that there was nothing they could do about the absolutely appalling policies of that government. I mean, uh, you just you just spin on the you spin on the spot with blind rage. You just can't you can't even conceive that human beings could be so inhumane to other human beings. So, and and I felt that. I felt it too, but I couldn't I couldn't engage in that same kind of rage. I couldn't engage. I couldn't um what is it that great line that um that Michelle Obama said, "When they go, when they go low, you go high." I mean, yeah. I can't yeah. follow in the mud in, in that kind of. Uh, I can't go there. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. Do you know? Have you have you ever read Karl Popper, the very the humanist philosopher? Well, he always said you you. He said in the end, you cannot tolerate intolerance, because if you tolerate intolerance, all it will do is take advantage. It'll take advantage of you. And so uh, that was what happened to Obama, of course. He tried to go for a bipartisan, uh, uh, create a bipartisan Washington, and all that happened was the Republicans took him down, you know, and they took advantage of his better nature. And, I mean, that that would be my answer to you, you can't tolerate intolerance. You just can't. Well, but in the history of the world, one of the most reassuring thing is that it usually all balances out. I mean, we've survived yeah. this long, and that is because that is because there is just a tiny bit more of goodness than badness, just enough, just enough to keep us surviving. <laughs> Which is why Trump didn't lose in a landslide because there was just that tiny bit of goodness. Exactly, exactly. just enough. So, I mean, that's either heartening or disheartening. I'm not sure. <laughs>
Well, you know, and then and the other thing, of course, is that there is a great big top clicking on the species anyway. So um, all things must pass, which is vaguely reassuring at the worst of times. Yeah. So just don't complain. Do your best while you're here. Yes. Yeah. That's that's kind of my motto. And ha- so I should say to you, have a wonderful show. Um, is the weather beautiful in Venice today? It's not bad. It's not as sunny as it could be, but at least it's not raining, so our fog machines will be fine. <laughs> and I I actually rented Death in Venice to watch over the holiday, and I didn't get around to it. But um, uh, you're still enjoying? Uh, you know, we've seen it enough times that I have a feeling by this point it'll just be really long and boring. <laughs> well, it was originally. <laughs> I know. I mean, but then it was rapturous with the mauler and the scenery and everything. But um, that's the problem with going back to those older movies. Are, you know, because my younger, my young team that are like my the young the kids that are in my team that are you know twenties. Um, I'm going. You can't be serious that you've never seen Blonde Venus with with Marlena Dietrich. And you have to like go do that tonight. And then they do, and they're going, well, you know, it's kind of, there were slow moments. And I'm going, oh, yeah. Now I remember looking back on it. It was really, really slow. And it all kind of like centered on the lighting on Marlena Dietrich's face. And then, you know, a couple of words, and she puffs on a cigarette, and it's like, that's an hour. And, but then I'm thinking, wait, but these kids, they're in this aesthetic world. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough for them? <laughs> it's it's the slowness that I find fascinating. Um, I tried to watch Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf again. Um, I hadn't seen it for a long time. Beautiful looking movie. It's Beautiful. So, I, I actually saw that like in the last year. Again, yeah. pretty yeah, it's pretty fantastic. The black and white is so gorgeous, but. Um, it is so stagey and it, it, it's just how it's funny how you know how 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 used we are to sort of a vague like a semblance of naturalism in things and the staginess of of the the kind of delivery of the lines it's it, all, everybody sounds like Tallulah Bankhead in it you know it's like ba um yeah, yeah. it's just so that's my thought for the day. Um, Rick, it's lovely to see you. Um, I like how you brought up Mary Poppins. I can't get past that. Mary Poppins and Umbrellas. How did we talk about Mary? How, how could, like, in our conversation, Mary Poppins? And sadomasochism in one conversation. Um, of course, she is an apogee of S&M in, in a Discipline. way. But uh, Discipline and Rick. Mary- hmm? Discipline and rigor. Mm. I like Mary Poppins. I haven't seen it for a long time, so I'll have to. I had a Julie Andrews moment when I was a child. She was a big influence. Julie Andrews? Yeah. Yeah. I had a Julie Andrews scrapbook when I was a little boy. I don't think we needed to know about that. She does the voice voiceover for Bridgerton. I don't know if you've seen Bridgerton. This, uh, yeah, whoa, whoa, that that show. Um, I can't believe Mary Poppins needed that job. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work. Got to work. Even Julie Andrews has to work. All right, and then we'll end there. All right. Thank, Thank you, Rick. Um, and we'll be in touch out. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, and all of the online courses and learning materials from BOF Education. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. 
Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.